0: Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions Podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Welcome back to our Discipleship Discussions podcast. My name is Benji Linder, and with me as always is Dr. Patrick Latham. Today's topic on prayer is where the rubber meets the road. and I'm excited about that title. It reminds me of my high school days. I had a standard F-150 straight (laughs) uh, 6. It was a straight inline 6, 300. I used to pop the clutch and burn the wheels down when it was raining because you couldn't do it uh, elsewhere. But today, it has nothing to do with prayer, but today we talked about prayer, uh, where the rubber meets the road. One of the most helpful things from your teaching session earlier, uh, was coming up with a prayer bank, mm-hmm. table and list. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything about those three items you want to talk about that maybe you didn't earlier?
1: No, I would just, uh, you know, maybe just emphasize how helpful that is, you know, and, and find a way, you know, I, re- I remember early on in my discipleship journey, I had somebody encourage me with Bible reading, uh, Bible reading in my devotional time to do things to make it, um, fun in a sense. Like I remember just being encouraged to get a Bible that you like, you know? Um, and so with that, find a way that you like to keep track of that, find a way that will keep you coming back to it. So I personally have always liked moleskin notebooks. You know, it looks real sophisticated to have this you know, set of them on my shelf, I guess, shelves, I guess. So, you know, I've just, uh, I've got a certain size, the five and a half by eight and a half that I like to, uh, buy and just record each day. I start out each day, write the date, um, you know, I, and then I create my prayer table or list. Either one will work and, uh, fill it in, you know, and then check off as I pray. And so then I put my task list for the day under that. And many times I'll pray over that. So, um, you know, then I've got a record. You know, my kids one day will be able to look at it. That I've got these different mole skins with my prayer list. They'll be able to look at each year. So I would just say on that, kind of make it fun, make it interesting, do it in a way that you'll enjoy, that you'll come back to.
0: Good. Now, one thing you just mentioned, I thought was really, really good. So you pray over the tasks that you have at hand. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you write out every, every single task or big task? Mm-hmm. Uh, how could that be helpful for somebody's prayer life?
1: Yeah, I just, um, you know, I think. Scripture talks about redeeming the time for the days are evil. So, you know, in my morning prayer time, you know, I had an old army guy at my last church who taught me, you know, before the next day starts, last thing you do before you leave the office is you make the list for the next day. Mm -hmm. And so I usually have that available and not always, but usually. And so in that morning prayer time, I like to pray over what's coming up that day and just ask the Lord to bless it. I know I need wisdom and strength. What what I do, hosting a podcast, studying for sermons, counseling, meeting with people who are grieving, leading a staff. So you know, for me, it's just praying. Help me, Jesus. You
0: know, yeah. Especially dealing with staff members yeah, like me. So, right. Yeah. Right. Um, you encourage people to be flexible. Um, so, question has been asked to me, uh, like people that live "quote unquote" on the go. They're just uh-huh. super busy. They wake up. They hit the ground running. Maybe they have little ones running around. Um, could someone have a vibrant prayer life if their prayer life um, or their prayer time happened on the go while driving or exercising? What What's your take on all that? Yeah, I would say you
1: can have a pretty vibrant prayer life. I, I, I'd say there's something. You know,
0: Jesus said, go into
1: the, your prayer closet mm-hmm. and shut the door and be by yourself and pray. So I think there's something to be said for having that kind of secret time and prioritizing that. And you do see Jesus, you see Daniel, you see the psalmist, you see others, that they, you know, you can even see John in in the beginning of Revelation. It seems that they intentionally made time to unplug from the hustle and bustle to get along with the Lord. And I think that that does a lot to our heart. That's an act of us prioritizing, making the Lord a priority. Um, But with that, you know, I would say I understand what it's like to be super busy and to um, have to make room for this on the go. When I first started really committing myself to a active prayer life as a Christian, I you know lived as a Christian for years without a real active prayer life. The way I first did it was that I did all my praying on the go. Mm-hmm. I, I used my drive time, you know. To um, whether you know chores or to work in the morning, that whenever I'm in the car driving somewhere by myself, I'm not listening to radio, I'm not listening to podcasts, I'm not listening to anything else, I'm just praying. And so um, that was how I first implemented it. And then what I found with that was, I enjoy this so much, I want to have that time of secret prayer. Yeah. So, you know, another thing to think about in that, if you're so busy, you know, kind of there's an old saying, if you're too busy to pray. You're just flat too busy. Right. you know. So right. it's like I would encourage you, maybe you don't have to be that busy. Examine your life. See if there's some priorities out of whack, some things you need to remove. I know it's hard, but
0: um, maybe you have to make a tough call and make room for prayer. Right. That's good. Uh, you talked about praying some prayers that other people have written or songs even. Um, so some may look at that, and here's the argument I've heard, um, that it's not original, it's mm-hmm. not personal, uh, it's fabricated. And then for mm-hmm. for even within some views of Christianity, it would seem very, very dogmatic mm-hmm. and not um, authentic. So mm-hmm. what are your takes on that? Kind of defend your stance there yeah, with yeah. praying prayers.
1: Yeah, uh, let me just start with this. There was a time where I thought that was crazy, you know, like, I'll never do that. You know, God wants to hear from my heart. I think you can take someone else's prayer and pray it from the heart. I mean, think about worship. What is worship? Worship is ascribing worth to God, but we often do it with instruments and songs. But when we do that, we're using someone else's material, unless you write your own praise and worship songs. I don't know. If I'm not did. there yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, all
1: right. So um, usually we're praying what some, or, or we're, we're singing what right. someone else has written. And I think it was Greg Laurie who said, worship is just prayer to music. You know, and I really think of worship like that. So we often, you know, we don't use that argument with our worship, like, well, it's stale, it doesn't come from the heart, it's not authentic. And we know with worship, when we're singing in corporate worship, that it can indeed be monotonous and not from the heart and dry and just going through the motions, or we can actually sing the words of this old hymn or this Chris Tomlin song or Hill song, whatever, from the heart to the Lord. So we know that distinction when it comes to worship. Why can't we apply that to our daily prayer time? And so, you know, I found that those types of prayers can often be very helpful to get me focused and then to help me sometimes when I don't know what to pray when I don't have the words. They can really be a blessing. And I would say, get a bigger view of God too. You know, it's like, of course, we're not that creative. You know, even when we have the most creative prayer, the Lord's like, yeah, I created the Milky Way, big deal. You know, not Not the candy bar. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, the the, the thing up out in outer space. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, um, not that He would have that attitude towards us, but there's, you know, remember, this is the one I will look favorably upon, He said through Isaiah the one who is meek and of a contrite spirit so humility there's nothing we can do to impress him anyways right. you know in fact you see in scripture when if anything he condemns the overuse of creativity at babel like oh you really think you are something else building that big tower i'll show you you
0: right. know I think that's good. I think it's helpful for those, uh, a new Christian to read prayers of the past. Now mm-hmm. it's something you may have language buried, depending yeah. on how old you go. Uh, but I think it's helpful. I think it's a baseline. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it is, you know, baby steps in the right direction for some in that, in the spectrum. And for others, it's something fresh, you know, something mm-hmm. new. And mm-hmm. I think we are all, In some point or another, we're all faced with this is becoming stale or Mm -hmm. we're feeling that way, whether it's real fabricated or not. So um, I like what you said there. Great defense. Uh, Another kind of argument type. uh, You mentioned you watch the time and um, with your brain, your personality, keeping Mm -hmm. up with time is just key. And as a leader, if you don't keep up with time, time's going to get you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So some would say not to put a limit on time with God. So what is your defense to that statement?
1: Yeah, I would say it's. Um, I would say flip the script, look at it a different way. It's not really putting a limit on time with God; it's making time for God. Yeah. So, you know, I've taught on this before. I remember Laura and I—we hadn't been married long, and um, we had a, a small apartment with a small closet in the master bedroom, and um, we were getting in arguments over who got the space on the floor in the closet for their shoes yeah (laughs) so it's like you got too many shoes No, i need room for mine so she went out and bought one of these shoe organizers that we kept for years um but you know when you looked at that shoe organizer it made place for our shoes it created more room in the closet for other objects um to be placed in that closet so you know I say spiritual discipline should be looked at like this. It's not, this is a task I've got to perform to make God happy and I'm going to fit Him in this little box. It's no, I'm disciplining myself unto godliness, as Paul says, in order to make room for the Lord in my life, in order to set my heart upon Him. Because I know if I don't do this, I likely won't spend time with Him. So instead of looking at as you're limiting your time with God, no, it's actually you're making room for time with God. I know so many people would be like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be legalistic. That's too formal. I don't want to limit time with God. And it's like, well, tell me, how much time do you get to spend with God? Well, you know, I don't know. So I just find it's um, a good way of making that time with the Lord, for the Lord. And certainly, if you feel like you're cramping your time with the Lord, there's many times where that stopwatch, it should be time to, to... pack it up and leave the prayer closet. But I say, man, I'm really feeling a burden here to keep talking to the Lord. And so you don't have to limit it. It's really making time with God.
0: Yeah. Key, key word there discipline. Yeah, you know, whenever you're disciplined at doing something, your the time isn't the issue at all. And I also think those that would make that argument, that would walk up to you after you say this in front of a crowd and say you can't put God in a closet or God within mm-hmm. a time limit, uh, I would I would just going out on a limb would dare mm-hmm. say that their time with God's very short. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's an act of discipline and growing towards long time in yeah. prayer, if that works for your personality. Uh, I know we, we read in Scripture, pray without ceasing. Yeah. And so what does that look like? I think it looks a little different uh, for every person. So, Yeah, I,
1: you know, one thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, think of it like any other relationship. I mean, we do this all the time, right? You and I might schedule a meeting. Hey, we'll meet from one thirty, and we know it's going to be one thirty to 2.30. I might, Laura mentioned to me the other day, hey, your sister said, telling me, hey, honey, your sister said she'll keep our kids and we can go out on a date. It's not like we set aside that time and it's not like, oh, it's 930. We're going to end it. Oh, we shouldn't do this. You know, it should shouldn't limit our time. We just we just spent time together. We know that's what you do in a relationship. You chisel out time to spend time with one another. So um, and sometimes I think of it, too, that I would think that the Lord is pleased in a way not that I'm earning his favor, um, You know, at the end of Luke 18, Jesus says, when the Lord comes, will he find faith on the earth? And sometimes there's times where I've set aside that 20 minutes, 15, 30, whatever it is, and I think, you know, I believe that the Lord is pleased with this, that I, in the midst of my day, have carved out time with him. Mm -hmm. And in a world in which so few pause to even acknowledge his existence, in a world in which so few Christians actually give him time, you know he's got to be pleased when we
0: set aside even that type of time, though it may not be a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's a good practice. It's helped me out, mm-hmm. um, and so I've been putting that into practice. You know, you know what preachers say, put in mm-hmm. practice what you've been saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, w- you know, one of the things you've mentioned is um, praying for to forgive people. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as you mentioned that in the teaching session, I was like, okay, that's how we're going to close today because I think that right there could. Change people's entire prayer lives, yeah. really, because you know there's so much bitterness that people just stack on top of each other, and I kind of wonder if that's a huge hindrance of prayer. It's just unforgiveness and mm-hmm. unforgiving heart, uh, whether it's toward someone else or God. So, it closes out sharing your heart on that matter.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I had to learn that. You know, I I heard early on in my discipleship um, journey somebody, a preacher, say something like, "Everybody's." Either to place in life where they've just forgiven somebody, they're trying to forgive somebody, or they'll soon have to forgive somebody. You know, we all face that. It could be the little, um, you know, tic tacky remark someone makes. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, you know, boy Patrick, are you putting on weight? And you kind of, kind of hurts your feelings, <laughs> right. and for the rest of your day, you're like, eh, I don't know if I like that person. You know, <laughs> right. or it could be um, something a little bit more serious where they've slandered you. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, cheated you, or it could be something really horrific, like abuse in the past or whatnot, a crime that's been committed against you. So there's different levels there, but the reality is we're all going to face that. you know and I'm so thankful in Jesus we have a high priest who is tempted in all points like we are yet without sin and he faced this very issue. You know I found that secrecy is the devil's tactic many times and he makes us think, you're struggling with something no one else struggles with. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness is one of those things he really does a number on us. Mm-hmm. About. We don't talk about it. We can walk around with loads of bitterness. And you're right. Bitterness scripture is clear. Um, Jesus was clear on this. Uh, Peter speaks of husbands. Uh, don't be bitter towards your wives mm-hmm. and uh, encourages us regarding our prayers being hindered. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, Scripture's real clear that bitterness can quench our relationship with the Lord. We get looking around horizontally and what we expect of people, and we're not able to connect vertically. So it's a real important issue. And, and then Jesus, to think about, out of all the things He could tell us to pray in the Lord's prayer, He tells us, pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it's almost like those two things are coupled together, our daily need for confession and our daily need for forgiveness to be forgiven and to forgive now we all know we should regularly pray lord forgive me for that bad word i said yesterday or that evil thought i had or whatever you know we all know that should be a part of our regular prayer life but look at jesus he's putting forgiveness of others on par with getting forgiveness from him so um, i found it to be a blessing you know and then he told you know Peter, didn't he? Peter talked about how many times should we ask for forgiveness? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, how many was it? Seventy seven times.
0: Seven times seventy, right? Yeah,
1: and so that's four hundred and ninety. But yeah. it's Preacher really tall. That's like a yeah, thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a figurative number, two numbers that represent completion. To say just keep on forgiving, folks. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think with that, you see that. There's this idea of forgiveness isn't easy. I've often called it a daily pill. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where a lot of people get tripped up. They think um, I, I'll gain the capacity to forgive this person and to totally let go, to forgive and forget, and it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Biblical forgiveness, many times, I think the Lord's Prayer shows us this, and I think Jesus' admonition to Peter shows us this. Biblical prayer requires like a long haul approach, like. I'm going to have to work this through my heart. My soul's been wounded. I'm going to have to pray about it regularly. So, you know, I have a place in my prayer list for that. And uh, right now, honestly, there's no one I'm praying about like I need to forgive so-and-so. But there's been times, man, where that was a thing. I just had to pour out my heart to the Lord. And there's been times where I've had to say, Lord, supernaturally, this person has hurt me so bad. I felt like I helped them. I was there for them. And they. I feel betrayed Lord, help me to forgive. Pour out your grace on my heart. Spirit of God, only you can change my heart. Please help. Give me the fruits of the Spirit here. And then over time, you see the Lord change your heart. So,
0: no, I think that's good. And for one minute, you mentioned something. I think every single pastor, minister, person on church staff, I think everybody has dealt with this for 60 seconds. Talk to the person who's listening right now who's saying, I'm... Hard. My heart's hardened because someone has slandered me as a pastor, as a minister, as a mm-hmm. fill-in-the-blank.
1: Yeah, I would just say to, to pray that the Lord would um, soften your heart. You know, a prayer I often pray is, uh, Lord, where there is a heart of stone, please give me a heart of flesh. And that goes back to our lesson praying biblical right. prayers. Lord, where there's a heart of stone, give me a heart of flesh. I heard about the old independent Baptist preacher who used to cry every time he preached. He was so grateful for i had been saved. An old evangelist and he um quit he he felt embarrassed and so he worked real hard to be stoic and stern and strong in his preaching and to never cry again and boy he he accomplished that never cried again then he realized man i wish i could cry again when i preached i wish the lord would soften my heart so he prayed for that so i'd say it starts with prayer and then find ways to humble yourself and to preach truth to yourself and uh, to remind yourself of who you are and who the Lord is. And, and then get out there and serve people. Many times by getting back to serving, you get your attention off of yourself and on others. And many times this unforgiveness, what it is, is we are fixated on ourselves and how someone wronged us. And, and it's, that's how bitterness is so devious. We think, well, I should be focused on that. They hurt me. And really, in the end, it becomes a thing of self-love if we're not careful. So we've really got to guard our heart. Okay.
0: well, thank you for that. And thank you for watching. We appreciate all of our viewers for tuning in. Uh, We love it when you subscribe to our YouTube channel or podcast or you like or share this or maybe you send it to a friend. We are so very grateful for that. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic prayer. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the material presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at infobasicdiscipleship.net. At Thanks for listening.